Raleigh-Durham, North Carolina is consistently named one of the fastest growing areas in the country and one of the best areas for families. We cover everything real estate, recreation, restaurants, and just what makes Raleigh-Durham a great place to live. This is the RDU Buzz Podcast. All right, we are live. It is Thursday, 7 p.m., and we are live again like we are every Thursday, 7 p.m. So appreciate y'all joining in, those of you who are joining. If you are joining, make sure to put in the uh, the chat where you're joining from. I always love to see where folks are joining us from. And if you're watching this in the future, make sure to put in the comments below where you're joining from as well. It helps us you know, put together content in the future and um, you know, helps us make sure that we're actually bringing to y'all things that you want to listen to. So but uh hope y'all have had a good week so far. I know um the weekend is coming and um hope y'all have some fun plans for the weekend as well. Um but tonight I am really, really, really excited about tonight's topic. We're gonna be digging into the housing market. And um there was an article that came out in Redfin a couple of weeks ago that uh, was essentially going over the housing market and the unaffordability of the housing market. So we're going to be digging in to that. Next level said, pull the comment in, said, good evening, Zach and friends from Raleigh. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, so I love, um, obviously, love talking about the housing market. So um, really, really pumped tonight. This is, we don't really have anything else planned other than this topic. I, I think this topic will take um, the regular amount of time that we normally spend on here. Um, I just wanted to give it its due diligence because it is, I think, a, I think a pretty big topic. So essentially what, what we're going to do, we're going to start with the Redfin article that talks about uh, the unaffordability of the market. We're going to talk about why the market is unaffordable. We're going to talk about whether I think there is relief coming um, in 2024. And then we're going to um, talk about what that means for sellers and then what that means for buyers. So I'm going to talk about both both groups. Obviously, most sellers obviously turn into buyers. But when you're a seller and you sell your house and you cash out that, um, that equity and then you buy a new house, I think you're in a much stronger place than some other buyers, namely first-time home buyers. So I'm going to talk about how those first-time home buyers can um, essentially compete in the market that we're in. So this article um, that talks about the the lack of affordability, I'm going to pull it up here, um, is really, really fascinating. So I'm going to scroll down here at the bottom and talk about the, the methodology behind it. So Essentially, they're defining affordability by saying the homeowner needs to spend no more than 30% of their income on housing, which I think is a pretty fair number when you talk about affordability. So this also includes a 20% down payment on that particular house. So if you're looking at... Um, I don't know what the percentage is, but not everybody does a 20%. So this this article could even be bringing in a little lower as far as what, what affordability actually looks like. It's also pulling in a 7% interest rate. So those of you who follow interest rates know they're not 7% anymore. They're much closer 
to 8%, um, or even at 8%. Um, today, they dipped a little bit below 8%, but, but they're right there. And so this article is a little outdated from that standpoint, but housing data lags behind. So like most economic data, there's always a lagging effect with housing data. So what they are defining as affordable for, and th this is a nationwide number, then we'll dig into a local number. So an affordable affordability in the United States, an individual needs to make $115,000 salary in order to afford a house. That's unbelievable. I mean, when you, when you really break down that number and how large it is that a home buyer nationwide needs to needs to make $115,000 in order to afford a typical home in the United States. One of the problems with that is the average home or the average individual in the US makes roughly 75,000. So it's about a $40,000 gap between what is needed and what the average person makes. Now, Redfin talks about how this essentially is less of a problem, obviously, for all cash buyers. That's probably self-explanatory, but also for move-up buyers. So I think you can kind of lump buyers into two different categories. There's buyers who were sellers. They cashed out on um, maybe a good chunk of equity, and they're able to pour that into the next house and bring that payment down and kind of lessen the blow of those high mortgage rates. Um, but then you have for some home buyers who don't have that luxury. And those are the ones that are going to get hit the hardest. When you pull down here to some local data, Raleigh um, Raleigh's a little bit higher than the national average. So remember the national average was $115,000 salary needed in, in order to afford a house. In Raleigh, it's $120,000. So about a, a $5,000 difference. They have the median house price at four six, or sorry, I was going to say it's a little high, four forty, um, and then they have the average um, loan payment at three thousand dollars a month. So affordability is a big, big issue when you're looking in a typical market, right? When there's affordability issues, home prices normally adjust to that. Right. So normally if you have a market that's unaffordable, then you end up with home prices that are declining. And that's not been the case here. So what we're ending up with is high interest rates and high home prices, which is what is leading to the lack of affordability in the market. So you have interest rates that are sitting around right at 8%. Actually, I'm going to show you all this, this graph because it's really really fascinating to me. Um, you look at this chart, I'm going to try to pull up, make it a little bigger here. Um, this is Mortgage News Daily. Um, this is a website, honestly, I check on a daily basis. But I mean, you look at this increase here. I mean, it's just interest rates in such a short time just skyrocketed. And now we're right at 8%. So today they were at 7.87%. Um, if you're a VA loan, you're a little bit lower. Um, FHA is a little bit lower, but you're still in the sevens. And so interest rates have obviously increased significantly. And then when you come over here 
um, to the MLS. So this back over here on the far end is 2020. So down here, if you look, Wake County, the average home price, 315. And then you come up here and it's 471. It's actually median. Um, but I mean, just, just a massive increase in three years. And so the lack of affordability has to do with interest rates increasing substantially and home prices increasing substantially. I was playing around. We have a, um, we have a mortgage calculator on our website and I threw in, you know, $450,000, um, a 20% down payment, which, um, not everybody's going to have. So that number, you know, this, this number can be significantly higher on the monthly, on the monthly payment, 30 year, 3%, uh, with taxes and insurance, you're kicking out right around 1900. If you change this to 8%, and calculate, add in taxes, you're 3000. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's a, it's an $1,100 difference. And that occurred in a very, very, very short amount of time. And so that is, that has caused a major issue with affordability. And so one question we get is, you know, with home prices so high and mortgage rates so high, why are they not coming down? Why are prices not adjusting that? Because that's what would happen in a typical market, right? You're going to have high prices, buyers can't meet that. And so prices come down. What's causing that is essentially what's called the lock-in effect. So um, you have folks um, who essentially... The, the, the lock-in effect is where sellers, they're locked into their interest rate. They have no desire whatsoever to sell their property. And the data behind this is actually really, really pretty incredible. I'm going to pull up an article and share, share with y'all here. Jake, uh, Jake says, love you and Cindy. The Southern accent cements it. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Appreciate you watching as well. Um, yeah, so nearly everyone with a mortgage has an interest rate below 6%. Now, this was written in June of, of this year. But the numbers behind this are really incredible. So um, 82% of homeowners... 82% of homeowners have an interest rate below 5%. I mean, that's <laughs> this is wild. 62% have an interest rate below 4%. So there's homeowners that are sitting on an interest rate below 5, below 4. They're not moving. They don't need to move. They don't want to move. They have no desire to change addresses. They are sitting where they are. And so that's caused a tightening of, of, the, uh, of the inventory. So oh, I got a comment coming through. Luke said, hey, Zach, just discovered you guys' channel. Really enjoy y'all's videos. We bought a house in the Greystone area a few years ago, and we love it. Hoping to convince the rest of our family. Um, to move here yeah that'd be awesome luke well thanks for watching and um yeah yeah convince your family so it's a great area 
Um, but uh, <clears throat> but yeah, love love the comments. Um, so y'all y'all keep them coming. But um, but yeah, so the 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 people that are sitting on you know five percent, four percent interest rates, they're not going to move unless unless they have to. And so that's really that's what we're seeing right now is the only people who are moving are folks who they have to maybe they uh, maybe they had a baby and they're trying to to upsize uh, maybe uh, they got relocated here for a job um, maybe they've you know their the kids have moved out and the house is just too much for them to handle and they're cashing out on that equity and they're you know moving and downsizing so that there are folks that are moving, but th those folks tend to be in categories where moving, maybe moving is not a necessity, but it just makes more sense for them. But the folks who are like, this house works fine, this area works fine, I really wish I was in that neighborhood, or this school district is fine, but I really wish we were in that school district. Those folks that are sitting on a 5%, 4% interest rate, they're not going to move. And so what we've what we've ended up with is lower inventory. There's just enough buyer demand to meet that inventory. And so prices have held steady. Um, so even, you know, going back to um, the uh, the chart here, let me pull it up again. I mean, you look, you look at year over year. I mean, the meat. So we're looking at median price points here. Wake County, September over September, three and a half percent appreciation, Orange County, 3% appreciation. Durham's right at level. Um, if you go to average home prices, 5% Wake County, 4.5% Durham, right at 7% Orange County. So that's with interest rates being where they are, still seeing that appreciation. So all this to say, what about next year, right? What do, what do we think is going to happen next year? And I, you know, we did a, uh, I don't know, um, some of y'all may have watched it, but we did a video on um, a market projections, essentially. And this was in, I believe it was in June or July. And we use numbers provided by, you know, the Mortgage Bankers Association and National Association of Realtors and uh, Fannie Mae. And we did, we did a video and every single one of them was projecting, um, interest rates to be into the fives come quarter two of next year. All that's out the window. That is not at all what is projected anymore. Um, essentially, what's being projected now is NAR is saying that, which is National Association of Realtors, is projecting interest rates in the sixes by the end of next year. Um, Mortgage Makers Association also projecting in the sixes at the end of next year. Um, Fannie Mae is projecting upper sixes by the end of next year. So I think 6.7 was Fannie Mae. So they've kind of come to the consensus that mortgage rates aren't going down anytime soon. They're going to be higher for longer. Um, I think longer than anyone had anticipated. I remember, I remember the beginning of this year talking with some lenders and um, just kind of like picking their brain on where they thought the market was going to be this year and, and, and what interest rates were going to look like really this time. Um, this was a conversation I had back in January. And it was pretty much the consensus that we would be back into the fives this time of year. And obviously, that is not the case. We're up to the eights. Um, 
And so I think folks are coming to a consensus that interest rates are going to be higher. They're going to be higher for longer. Um, so that brings the question, what about next year? What about 2024? Is there going to be much relief? Um, obviously, from an interest rate side, six per interest rates in the sixes is obviously better than close to eight. So that is a tad bit of relief. Um, but what about home prices? So um, there was an article that came out in, I think it was CNBC. Let me see if I can find it. I thought I had it pulled up. But obviously, there is quite a bit of variation of viewpoints with where home prices will be next year. So there's some organizations that are saying they will be um, appreciation will continue. And then there's other organizations saying there's going to be a decline in home values. So this is the article here, CNBC. Um, but essentially to break this article down, um, and let me, I don't even think I'm sharing it with y'all. Let me pull it up. There we go. What to expect in 2024. So to break it down, National Association of Realtors expects um, essentially two, roughly two and a half uh, percent increase in prices. Zillow is expecting around a 6% increase in prices. Um, this is obviously, this is nationwide. Um, and I know I shared that report, I think it was four weeks ago in the very first one of the lives that we did, where Zillow had this area right around 4% growth year over year for next year. That was their projection. Um, um, Freddie Mac expects essentially a 1% uh, increase in, in prices. Um, now, here's where it gets into the decline. So Morgan Stanley is projecting a 2% decline. Let me see. We got Chris coming in. Glen Cove, Long Island. Is 2024 going to be better? So to sum it up, I, do, I don't think it's going to be much better than um, what we're seeing today. And thanks for joining us, by the way, Chris. Um, I don't, I don't think there's going to be much of a difference between this year and next year, honestly, uh, with, 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 with what we're seeing as far as, you know, higher for longer type mentality. I just, I just don't, I don't see the market being much, much different now. What Morgan Stanley said, and, and this is what would change the market. So obviously they're calling for a 2% decrease next year. What they said though, in a, in a different article is essentially if there's an increase a 5% increase in inventory, it will create a 5% decrease in home prices. So essentially what they're saying, and, and, and it's, it's true that the more inventory that hits the market next year, the lower prices will go because that's what's been keeping prices high is tight inventory. So if inventory increases next year, we will see prices come down with that. The issue is, I just don't know if we're going to see that, right? Um, we didn't see it this year. I, I can't imagine we're going to see it next year. I, I think you're going to have those sellers who are sitting on the sidelines. They're, they're going to be waiting for rates to dip back down into the upper fives at some point, whenever that is. Um, 
And so I just I just don't know if we're going to see much relief next year when it comes to affordability, interest rates being high, prices being high. Um, but you know when I when I tally up all these folks who are looking at um, the, the 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 various projections where the market's going to be next year, vast majority of them still expect the market to grow to appreciate. Um, there are a few um, who are expecting decrease in the market. But, you know, I think as, as our video in June or July, whenever it was about the market, um, I, you have to take almost all of this with a grain of salt because, you know, we did that video and then literally a month later, everything changed. All the projections changed, all the expectations changed. People came to the understanding it's going to be higher for longer. And so, you know, you, you, you can talk about this stuff and then three months later, it, it it can be a different outlook for what the future will bring. And so but I think as of today, I, I don't think there's going to be much relief when it comes to affordability for buyers um, in 2024. So that brings me to the final part of this, which is how does this impact, um, how does this impact us as, as, you know, buyers and sellers in the market. And I think for sellers, the impact is less felt than it is for buyers. And what I mean by that is, there's actually, I'm going to pull it up here. Let me see if I can find it because it was really fascinating. Um, okay, here we go. I didn't have my tabs well organized tonight kind of all over the place all right so this is interesting so this was article written in august um, early august average american homeowner has nearly two hundred thousand dollars in home equity thanks to rising housing prices so there's a lot of sellers in this country who are in very 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 good shape so what those sellers can do obviously this, this isn't every seller but this is just the average that they're finding um but what these sellers can do is they can sell their house it's still a seller's market i mean inventory if 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 you look at um if you look at you know how much how many months worth of inventory on the market here in raleigh uh we're sitting right at two months worth of inventory um you really don't get into a seller's market until you get you know into the four month territory but you know so inventory is still really tight but all i had to say there's there's these sellers are sitting on quite a bit of equity that they can they can sell their house they can still make a good profit on it they might they're they're not going to get you know if you're a seller right now that the, the, the expectation isn't going to be multiple offers crazy over asking prices that's that's not going to be the expectation it's not a realistic expectation if you're a seller that's not what we're seeing on our listings. Um, that's not what anyone's really seen on their listings. But you're still going to get a decent price for your house. Um, and so you're going to be able to take that equity and you're going to be able to dump it into the next house. And you're going to be able to lower that monthly payment even more. And it's going to help cushion the blow of the high interest rates. Um, so sellers are in a really good place. And, and for some sellers it's going to mean you're going to be able to buy your house, your next house in cash. 
um, I think roughly 18% of uh, the transactions that took place in our market. Um, this is just according to me kind of poking around in the MLS, about 18% were cash. Um, and a lot of those folks were probably folks who, you know, they were able to sell their house, cash out on the equity and come out here um, and, and, and purchase the home in cash. And so um, you're able to kind of beat it that way. Um, there's also sellers, maybe you're moving from a market that's more expensive. So you're moving from somewhere like the Northeast or um, California or where, wherever it may be, and you're able to sell your house there, cash out on the enormous amount of equity you have, and then bring it here and purchase a house and pay down that loan significantly right off the bat um, or buy it in cash. So sellers are still in a really good place. Um, and what I, what, what I always tell folks, e even sellers who are even folks who bought this year, um, I still think, you know, it, it, as long as you're looking at your house as a long-term investment, you know, you're planning on being there five-ish years or more, um, you know, you're going to be fine, most likely. So where folks can run into issues is when they buy a house, they go to sell it the next year or um, two years down the road, the market changes, um, whatever it may be. But as, as long as you're treating that house as a long-term investment, you're probably going to be okay, regardless of what happens in the market. Um, so what about buyers, right? So sellers are largely okay right now. What about buyers, especially those first-time home buyers? So what we have found with first-time home buyers, there's, there's, there's really two avenues you can take to beat the market, so to speak. Um, I think one is less effective than the other, and that is the resale side. Um, you can have a house that's been on the market for a while. We can negotiate that price down. We can negotiate uh, different credits coming to you at closing that can be used for rate buy downs or, um, you know, whatever whatever it may be. Right? Um, we can negotiate different different aspects to make that deal more appealing. Um, but it, 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 it's going to have limitations because that seller is an individual. They're, you know, they're, they're not going to want to give up that much on the house and, and it's still a seller's market. There's still limited inventory. And so that route's going to have limitations, but, but it's possible. Um, and, and there's wiggle room in the market right now for buyers that did not exist earlier this year in the spring. Um, so that is a route that you can go. The route that we've had the most success with with buyers as far as getting um, getting homes that either have lower interest rates or just a significant amount of ability or, or incentives coming their way to buy down the rate or cover closing costs or whatever that may be is with new construction. Um, so <clears throat> um, that is that's the biggest route that we've seen um folks deal with is um new construction Bu buyers who are going the new construction route are typically getting lower rates um and they're getting they're just getting more incentives thrown thrown their way um you know i i, I toured a house um next level where the pros and cons of a land patent I don't know, to be honest with you, I, we don't, I don't deal that much with land. Land's kind of outside of my, it's a great question. Um, I will, I can dig into that and let you know. Um, 
land is one of those things that's kind of outside of my expertise, um, to be honest with you. But that's a really great question, though. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, I, I was touring a house yesterday with a guy and um, we we're kind of talking about pros and cons of new construction and um, and whatnot. And, 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 and the house we toured, it was in Raleigh. Um, it was a house that was built in the early 2000s. And it had a lot of cosmetic issues. You know, the, the, the windows were getting old and like, it, you know, it, 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 it was just, it was a house that was going to need a good amount of work. Right. Um, and so we were kind of talking, talking through that. And that is another reason that example is a good example of another reason why folks are going the new construction route. Cause this house is pretty big. I mean, for, you know, for windows, you're probably looking 30, 40, $50,000 to replace these windows. Um, and there were just all these issues that were going to come up not far after you purchased the house, right? Probably the next five years or so. Um, but when you go new construction, you have the house is brand new. You're not worrying about um, a lot of that maintenance, that you know, crazy expensive maintenance, the new roof, the new HVACs, the new, the new windows. Um, you're not worried about that, the new siding. And so it kind of frees up your income because your your income's already being constricted by how high your mortgage rate is. And so I think I think those two avenues are what's so appealing about new construction for especially for first time home buyers right now. Um, your maintenance costs are less. And your interest rates are able to most builders are giving you really good incentives to kind of to buy down those rates or even they're buying them down for you. Um, so anyway, I think those are the routes that um, that we've seen be the most successful in this market. Sellers are largely fine. Um, obviously, it's it's a tough pill to swallow when you're looking, you know, your next door neighbor sold a year and a half ago. And they got, you know, 15 offers and sold 75,000 over asking price. And now you're in a market where it's completely different. And that's a tough pill to swallow. I get that. Um, but this market is extremely tough on the first time home buyers who are really having to make a decision. Maybe their preference is a, a resale, more established neighborhood, trees, things you don't get on the new construction side. Um, but they're looking at the budget and the pros and cons of, of all of it. And we've had far more buyers this year go the new construction route than we typically do. Um, and so a large part of that is interest rates, interest rates and home prices, um, and just the lack of affordability in the market. So, yeah, I feel like I just gave an enormous amount of bad news. <laughs> I feel like this was just the biggest like Debbie Downer of a live that's ever been held. And so hopefully, hopefully you're able to kind of walk away from this. Um, if you're a seller, honestly, you should be walking away feeling, feeling good, right? You, 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 you own a house and um, that equity over time is going to build um, and you should be feeling pretty good. Um, and if you're a first time home buyer or, Maybe you're moving from a less expensive area to this area. Um, 
And it's just really daunting to look at the home prices and um, with the interest rates and all of that kind of stuff. Um, just be encouraged. There are there are op options out there. It may not be your primary option, um, but but there are options for home ownership in the market, even though it is the most unaffordable market. Um, you know that article went over August data. I think I forgot to mention this. It was it was August data. September was more unaffordable, and every indication is October is going to be more unaffordable. Obviously, I mean, interest rates are 8%. Um, and that article is basing off 7%. So um, anyway, hopefully this wasn't too big of a Debbie Downer. And hopefully it was just educational, because um, that's what I wanted it to be. So there are avenues to combat the, uh, the market right now. So um, Luke said, the honesty is appreciated. The market is, yep. <laughs> it, it is what it is. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great way to put it. And, um, you know, you just, you, you got to find ways around it and, um, you got to get creative and, 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 and whatnot. And so, um, yeah, that's what, that's what this was for. Hopefully give some creative ideas, especially to those of you who first time home buyers or, um, are just in a tough, a tough spot looking, looking at the housing market. So anyway, really appreciate y'all joining in tonight as always. Um, I just, Honestly, I just I have a blast on these things and the engagement each week just gets uh, better and better and uh, just makes it makes it really fun to engage with y'all. So I appreciate y'all hopping on. Appreciate y'all throwing your comments in, your questions in. Um, and next level, I owe you a little bit of research. Um, and yeah, hope y'all have a good rest of your week, which I guess is tomorrow and a good weekend. Um, and I will see y'all back here next Thursday. Y'all have a good night.